0: Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianik here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Good morning, Faith Life. Uh, Welcome to church. We also want to welcome all of our online viewers from around Australia and the globe. We know that today you're going to be blessed. You're going to be lifted to another level of faith. Today we're starting up a brand new series. And the series is this, is that I believe this is a word for now. I believe this is a word for our season. I believe it's a word for every single person. If you are watching this... That means that God wants to speak to you today. And we're starting a series Is this is faith in famine. Don't prepare to decrease, but prepare to increase. It's faith in famine. We are not preparing to decrease, we are preparing to increase. In famine, to give you a scope, what famine does, what famine does is what used to work in one environment, no longer works. So when famine comes in, it restricts you, and and it actually interrupts the, the way we seasonally do things. So our famine, as for our farmer, is that there's a season to seed, then there's a season to seed and sow, then there is another season where you can reap. But famine interrupts that. So what famine does is what used to work now no longer doesn't. What we used to do to get results are no longer there for us. So what famine does, it restricts you, and it makes you to reduce instead of thinking of abundance. So famine, you can have a famine of ideas, You can have a famine of faith. There's a famine of the word of God. So in this famine that we are experiencing right now, it's global. You cannot turn your uh, television on any news media without the whole constant thinking and, and speaking of there's a lack in here. There's a famine of this right now. We are in a global famine where the things that used to work do no longer work. The things that we used to do to produce the, our way of life, the way we experience, how we experience family, has now been decreased. So living in famine means that you get a frustration, that you, can, you think about what we used to do, but now we can't do. But the Word of God directly tells us that you and I as believers have received a faith that works in famine. The beauty of and the greatness of the God faith that's in you and that's in me is this, is that the God kind of faith works in, thrives in famine. Just, Just to show you where we're going, you can find this in Genesis chapter 26. And what God, what God does in the whole of Genesis 26, I, I, I encourage you just to read it through. And in Genesis 26, it says this in verse 1, A severe famine now struck the land, as happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Ger, where Abilamech, the king of the Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Don't go down to Egypt but do as I tell you. And I just want to watch this. Do as I tell you. Now, what if we, in this season of famine, do what the Word of God is telling us by the Spirit of God? Now, listen to the results. In verses 12 to 13 of the same chapter, it says this. When Isaac planted his crop that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. He became very rich and his wealth continued to grow. What we have just read here, this verses 12 to 13 happened when others were decreasing, Isaac was increasing. So what we find is as if we are in this famine period, if we will give ourselves over to the Word of God, to the Spirit of God, to the proclaiming of God in our situation, that we will get the same results. The Bible tells us this, that God is not a respecter of persons. God doesn't just respect persons. So God says this, if it works for one, it will work for you. So the reason this has been put into the Bible, the reason this has been put into the Word of God is because God says there are famines coming. And what I love here, it says this, it says a severe famine. We can't, when we looking at right now, it's a severe famine. But the Bible mentions that the severe famine That happened in Abraham's time. So what it's telling us here from straight off is that Abraham thrived. He never decreased. He always increased. There's not a mention that you find in Abraham that he was going downhill. He was always going uphill. So what we find is that the faith that was in Abraham worked and prospered in a time of decrease, but he was increasing. So what we find is that the famine will come upon so many times and so many areas. But God says, and Abraham, the father of our faith, who God chose to release his kingdom dynamic into this world, says this, that Abraham flourished in famine. Now, first thing we realize that is to flourish in famine, is to increase in famine, you've got to be in covenant. So the word covenant is not a word called contract. The word covenant, where Abraham was a covenant man. He didn't just go, I think I want a relationship with God. Is that God came to this man called Abram, changed his name to Abraham because of his faith. And when he did that, there was a commitment that what God was going to do to people that believed in him. So when we start thinking about the, uh, the man, Abraham, is that God speaks, he responds in faith, and then there is a corresponding action that happens. So first thing we realize, to increase in famine, you've got to be covenant-minded. So what I'm not doing today is this is not a lecture on 10 steps how you can prosper this is not uh, this is to, this is not uh, a theory this is not a suggestion but this is the word of god so when you and i got born again you and i entered into this covenant see what we're going to be talking about is the covenant that you and i are presently In this is our reality right now. So what we have is this. So the Bible says there was a famine. And then he mentions Abraham. Abraham is a covenant man. Now just let me give you some foundation of the power of a covenant. So a covenant is not just a suggestion of God. It's not just a theory. It's a present day, livable, experienced reality. And so when we start talking about covenant, it is this. It is this is what I can expect from God today, right now, in my present circumstance. What we find, listen to this, in Psalm 26, sorry, Psalm 68, verses 5 to 6. I'm going to read it out of the New International Version. It says this. A this is God saying, I am a father to the fatherless. I'm a defender of widows. Is God in his holy dwelling? God sets the lonely into, into families. He leads out prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Just get a load of this. God says, I am a father to the fatherless, and I am also a provider to the widows, while others that are not, haven't thrown their heart over the line with God, They live in their reality. And their reality is this, God says, in the middle of a sun-scorched land, a land of drought, a land of no opportunity, I am going to defend the widows. I am going to set the lonely into families. And he says, I'm going to bring out the prisoners, not just bring them out in the shackles, but he says, I'm going to bring them out I'm going to bring him out with singing. I'm going to bring him out with joy. So this is a covenant word. So right now, if you are a widow, I've got great news for you. If you are an orphan, I've got great news for you. If you are needing fatherhood, I've got amazing news for you because the covenant of God gives us the expectation of God which leads us into the reality of God that leads us into experiencing heaven on earth. Now, Let me give you how this works. So God makes this covenant. Now, in another time of another famine, you find this in the book of Kings, 1 Kings 17, verses 8 to 16. In Elijah's time, there was a covenant. There was a covenant, but there was also a famine. And in this famine... God speaks to a prophet by the name of Elijah, and he says, I need you to go into the town of Seraphim, and there you will find a widow. So what he does, so, he's, so he, he goes from the place that he was, now he's also in famine, and he moves in, and God says, you're going you're to find provision in Seraphim. So he starts to go there, and when he goes there, now understand this, he's in the middle of famine. He, he, he goes there, and, and he sees this wi- a widow, and she's picking up sticks. She, she's, she looks hungry, she looks famished, and he goes to her. Now, just get a load of this. The, the uh, best way to put it, it, it's almost as if he has no emotional IQ. It's as if you were looking at what's going to happen now. If you're looking as a bystander, here's this man that is already fed. He's not starving. And he sees a woman that is starving. He sees her in her need. And he and it, it, it does something so dramatic. Is because he's talking from another point of view. He's talking from a kingdom point of view. He's talking from a covenant God point of view. And he says this. He goes to me, feed me first. Feed me first. Now, I want to read this to you. It says this out of First Kings 17. I'm going to start reading at verse 13. It says this. Elijah said, Bring me a piece of bread too, please. The woman answered, I promise you, Lord, before the Lord your God, that I have nothing but a handful of flour in a jar and a little bit of olive oil in a jug. I came here to gather a few pieces of wood for a fire to cook our last meal. My son and I will eat it and then die from hunger. Now, just put a pause there, right? That the, this woman didn't even have enough to satisfy her. This was going to be her last meal. This was going to be where we are absolutely running on empty, we're going to finish this, and then we will die together. Elijah said to the woman, listen to this, now. this is the covenant of God speaking. This is the power of God speaking. He says this, Elijah said to the woman, don't worry. See, the covenant of God stops you from worrying. So if there is worry, uh, let me just uh, interject here. If you are worried right now, get back into the Word of God. Get back into worship. Get back into fellowship. He says, don't worry. Go home and cook your food as you said. But first, make a small piece of bread from the flour that you have and bring it to me. Then cook some for yourself and your son. The Lord of God of Israel says, The jar of flour will never empty and the jug will always have oil in it. This will continue until the day, the God of Israel says, that the jar of flour will never empty and the jug will always have oil in it. This will continue until the Lord sends rain to the land. So you've got to watch this. So she, God's made a promise to her. So she's here, she's hungry, she has a son, she's a widow, and what does God do? He sends Elijah, and Elijah breaks the famine by she's got to give something. And he goes, give it to me. But then there is this There's an assurance that is this, is you're going to give to me, But what you're giving out of is not going to dry up. See, there's this kind of mentality that if I give something to God, when I take my hand back, it's empty. So my hand might be full as I am giving, but when I retrieve it, it is empty. So what we have here is that God says, this is how you break a famine, that I will keep my promise. So you have this woman... Now, living in famine, but nothing is running out. Every time she takes flour, there's more flour. Every time she pours the oil, the oil just doesn't dry up. It keeps on going and going and going. So this is the covenant. This is the power of the covenant that God has with you. So when we start talking about Abraham's, Abraham's covenant, you see the covenant in full-blown operation, meeting a need and not just once. You understand something? This is so powerful. Write this down is that the covenant of God is not a one-off event. It keeps rolling from day to day, from generation to generation. It is everlasting. God says, my covenant is an everlasting covenant. So in your thinking and in your spirit, when God makes a promise it doesn't has a use by date it is an eternal promise so what god shows us here is the power of the covenant that you can keep drawing from my supply and it is endless it will keep going and going and going and going that's why the word of god encourages us you know this is the day that the lord has made but he also says my new my mercies are new Every single day. The power of the covenant. So what we're finding out when we're talking about prospering in famine. Faith in famine. It means that I am not preparing to decrease. I am in preparation mode for receiving. I am in a preparation mode to getting an abundance. So what? let's go back into Abraham. Now just show you what the way we start to move into this. So wherever you are, you, you are born again. You are in covenant. So therefore, when you are in this famine, you are to look at this famine differently. Let's, let's start from again. Verse 26 of Genesis. A seer famine now struck the land as it had happened before in Abraham's times. So Isaac moved to Gerb where Amalek, the king of the Philistines, lived. So what you read is that Isaac has in his lineage that his father was a famine breaker, He lived in famine, but the famine never affected him. And now he is in famine. And the first thing that this young man does, that this awesome man does, is a man of faith, he looks back on what God has done, and with the understanding on if I look back to what God has done, it gives me, my faith says it's going to happen today, but it will also happen for me tomorrow. So he starts to do this. And what you find when you read this, he starts to do exactly what happened to Abraham. So he says this, you will find this when, um, the, in, in famine, when um, Abraham, he was on his way and, he's, and God met him and prospered him. So what we find, he says this, before Abraham's time, so Isaac moved to Ger, where Amalek, the king of the Philistines, lived. It was in the same position where God was. God blessed Abraham, so he's there now. What's really interesting, he says this, and uh, then he says this in verse three, in two. And God appeared to him. the The town Ger, the name, the inference of Ger is this. The word Ger means to drag. It means to draw. It means to strive. So it also means to drag down. So the word ger is a town, but the spiritual reference to it is this. It draws you. It drags you forward, it's dragging you down, and it's also making you strive using a human effort element. So, the word gur means he's in famine, and the first thing he happens, he starts to go, tries to go to gur. So, he's on his way to gur, and here's what's interesting so, the word gur in there, the town represents to drag, to drag down, and also to strive. The quickest way. To Egypt was through Gur. So here is this. Isaac is in famine. And he's going, I have got lack. What am I going to do? So he goes, in his thinking, is that I'm going to go to Egypt and I will find safety there. I'll go to Egypt. My needs are going to be met. I'm going to go to Egypt. But what happens is this. Because understand this. Isaac is a man of covenant. And when you're in covenant, God says, "I will never leave you nor forsake you." So God will always make an intervention if you're going to be in trouble. So God is always makes roadblocks in our lives. God never makes roadblocks to blessing. He makes roadblocks to frustration. He makes roadblocks to doubt. He makes roadblocks to lack. So what happens is this. So here is Isaac. He's being drawn. He's being dragged back to, and he's going back to Egypt. So when God, when the word of God talks about Egypt... He's not talking about a set of buildings. Back then, when the word Egypt came in, it had a reference to the temple of Peter. So there was a temple of Peter. And Peter was a god. And watch this. Let me just read it to you. Uh, The temple of Peter, they had a god in there. And the name of this god was Petat, and it was, he was known as a creator god he had, who had created the world via his thought and his word. And he also became the patron of a craftsman. So I want you to notice this. Being drawn to Egypt, in Egypt they had a temple, a temple of worship. In the temple they had a god by the name of Peter. And he was said that he was a creator. Now watch this. He was a creator with thought, his word, and he became a craftsman. He came building. So, what we have is this Is that Isaac, in the time of famine, was being dragged down, dragged into another system of thinking. Another system of speaking, another system of creating. Now, let me just show you this. This is my definition of famine. Famine has a spirit. It has an action, and it drags you down. Now, watch this. This This is my definition of it. The spirit of famine drags you down to a system of thinking, speaking, creating without God. Without God's power or God's intervention. So the spirit of famine drags you down to a system of thinking, speaking, creating without God. Without God's power or intervention. Wow. So so this is where Isaac was headed. This was the destination where he was being dragged to. So you see, most of us, we're being dragged, we're being pulled along. We're just going, oh man, I'm going down this way. He was headed to a system of thinking, speaking, creating, and building a life without God. It's a system without God. It's a system without faith. It's a system of unbelief. It's a system that says, by my strength, you need me. You need this. You need this. You need. So he was being dragged down to this. But guess what happens? God intervenes. God intervenes. See, because you are a believer. Because you have put your faith in God. Because you uh, have a heart of worship. God says this, I will not let you go down without my intervention. So I love this. It is the love of God and the mercy of God. He's Isaac. Where is he? He's being dragged. And God's just not sitting down there, hands in his pocket going, yeah, we'll see if he can get out of this. We'll see if we can get out of this. So God says this, Isaac, he stops him. And him and Isaac have a chat. He goes, I don't want you to go down to Egypt. I want you to do as I tell you. So God is saying this. You are in famine and you think the answer is down there. Every time in the scripture you read this, is that you go up to Jerusalem, up to the heights of God. You go down to Egypt. So what is happening here as we, as covenant people... As believers, God, we are the pressure of the famine is to drag us down to a level which we have been rescued from. You and I have been saved from a system of thinking, speaking, creating, building, a system that was without God, without hope. See, it's this. When you go down, things become impossible. When you go up, things become possible. That is why even Jesus said it. He he just said this, with man, this is impossible. What he's saying to us in the time of this famine is this, is that with man, it is impossible. You've got worry, you've got fear, you've got anxiety. It's not possible to survive this famine without me. So what happens within us is God saying to Isaac, and he's also saying to us this morning is this, is that you're in famine. Do you want to thrive? Do you want to increase or decrease? See, God always, God always gives us a choice. God never says, look, there are no choices. Today, Right now, we have a choice in this famine. I have a choice in this famine. We, as Faith Life Church, have a choice in this famine. We, as believers, wherever you are, you have a choice right now. And the choice is this you don't have to go down to a system of thinking, a system of speaking, a system of building that is without the supernatural power of God. So when we start talking about without God, it's this, everybody else around was in the same issue. Everybody else was decreasing. But here's God, He comes to a covenant man that he has made a covenant, that he has a relationship with, he's going to go make a big mistake. He's going to make a mistake that's going to cost him. And guess what? The mercy, the grace, and the favor of God come intervening in, coming to a roadblock and says, Hey, Isaac, stop. I want you to realize that you are a covenant man. I want you to realize that I made a covenant with your father, Abraham. And I am a keeper of the covenant. And I have promised him that none of his seed will decrease, but that will increase. So God comes in and he starts to move in this. He starts to speak to him and says, Now, I'm going to show you how you can thrive in this environment. So right now, is a, this is just the foundation of what we're doing. But right now, God is speaking to you. You're in famine. But I've got good news for you. The word of God thrives in famine. I want, you to, I want to read to you Isaiah 53, in verse 2. And it says this. This is talking about Jesus. Notice this. that Jesus and his word are one. Isaiah 53, verse 2, out of the Passion Translation, says this. And he sprouted like a tender plant before the Lord, like a root in parched places. Just pause for a moment. Bible says that when Jesus came, he was planted in famine, but he grew. See, the word of God doesn't get its strength from from the ground It brings its own strength. It brings its own power. And here is this. The Bible says that Jesus, our Jesus, was put into a parched ground where nothing grows. Nothing is expected to grow. Nothing is expected to flourish. But here it is. The word of God planted in famine starts to thrive. And because it starts to thrive, amazing things happen. So the good news Good news for you today. The good news on our journey. Welcome to your journey in faith. Welcome to your journey that you are you are going to stop today to prepare for decrease. Today, the word of God to you is you don't need to. Prepare to decrease. You need to prepare for increase. So God is now coming up to us, and here's the word the word of God in Isaiah 53, verse 2 says, God plants him. In a famine. God plants him in a dry ground. It's not expected to grow. It's not expected to flourish. It is not expected to do amazing, wonderful things for humanity. So he's planted, but the word of God says that it grew. It grew. It grew. It grew. The word of God, when we step out of God, it's in the most Abnormal circumstances. In circumstances where it doesn't grow. See, we are now moving from principle into faith. We're not moving on ideas or theology. We're moving into faith. See, when, when, the, when there is no famine, you can work on principles. But when the famine strikes... What do you do when, you're, when the principles you have been living with year after year, you might be going to church, you, you might have a, a relationship with God, but you're never intimate with God. And God says this, you're in, we are now in an environment where what used to work doesn't work. But the good news is, is that God is now intervening in your life. Right now, you could be watching us for the first time. You might be going, oh, what's this guy all on about? Here it is. It's not this guy, what this guy's about. It is your God. It is the God that loves you. He's intervening in your situation. And you go, I'm going to show you how to break the famine. I'm going to work with you so that you don't decrease, that you increase. See, your faith is designed to work in Famine. Isaiah 53 verse 2, nail it, put it down there, speak on it. When I was praying this morning, that I started to confess that over my life. doesn't matter where I am planted. See, the, 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 this is the power of God's Word. The power of God's Word comes into famine, but is not subjected to the principles of the famine. So when we find out Elijah comes in to the widow woman, the reality of her life was this, is I am going to die. The famine wins. It wins. Lack wins. You go to my house, the cupboards are empty, the fridge is empty. You go to your bank account, it's empty. Everything dries in. And Elijah, representing God, representing God's word, comes in and it says, hey, I'm the answer. I want you to, to give me the little that you have. See, sometimes we get. We, it, what happens in famine, we look at something so little and we think like this woman. He goes, this is the last thing. After this, there is no more. It is finished. It's done and dusted. Let's pack up. Let's close the doors. We're on our way. But God says this, in one realm, It's not working. But when you touch my realm, the creativity realm, the faith realm, the believer realm, the word of God realm, it is this. He says, if you put faith... When Elisha said to that woman, he says, put your faith in this... I am here to rescue you. I am not here to watch you starve. I am not here to frustrate you. I am here to speak to you. And do you realize that that covenant kept her, kept her, kept her? You see now, Isaac's the principle. And you'll see that all the way through Scripture. When there is a famine, the Word of God is not affected. And if the Word of God is not affected, it can work in your life. So it is like this. The Bible says, Jesus was planted in a harsh environment, in an environment where the seed is expected to die. But because it's a seed of faith, because it's a seed of obedience, it's a seed of breakthrough, it will flourish. The good news is, right now as we, as we come to the close of part 1, is this, is that whatever you have, is enough when it is in God's hands. That word of encouragement, the word of faith. God's coming to us today and we're over the next weeks, we're going to be drenching ourselves. We're going to be famine breaking. We're going to be start to experience things that we've never ever experienced. The, I believe that this is a prophetic word that you are not... Going to decrease, you are now being prepared for increase as you tune in, as you uh, put yourself in this, as you study this, as you pray this. I know that I know that our God, like this woman, like Isaac, is going to flourish. And God's saying, You're being dragged today, we're going to break that drag, we're going to stop being going to Egypt. What happened was this Isaac was being towed in. He was being dragged to another system of thinking. Next week, we're going to learn how to think in covenant terms. We're going to learn how to think like God. That God is just—it is so powerful what's going to happen next. But right now, what we need to do is like that woman. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. Now let me just read that to you again. Elijah said, bring me a piece of bread, please. The woman answered, I promise you before the Lord your God, that I have nothing but a handful of flour in a jar and a little bit of olive oil in a jug. I came here to gather the few pieces of wood of fire to cook our last meal. My son and I will eat it and then die from hunger. Elijah said to the woman, don't worry. Right now, I believe that there's there's an anointing on on my life right now. There's an anointing on this broadcast right now. There's an anointing here and it's this anointing that it's anointing to stop the worrying. It's the worrying, uh, i -I got to leave this. I'm being taken off. It's a stop. What happened with Isaac? He was on his way to Egypt. God intervened and says you don't need to go down. I'm going to bless you right here in the presence of famine. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus really loves you. I'm here to tell you that the power of God is on your life. I'm here to tell you that all the promises that God has made to you and your family are going to be fulfilled in your lifetime. I'm here to tell you that we are not decreasing and increasing. Faith Life Church, I'm here to tell us that we are increasing and we are not decreasing. I'm here to tell you that your finances will increase and not decrease. I'm here to tell you that your health will increase and not decrease. I'm here to tell you that your relationships will increase and not decrease because we are going to be obedient to God's word. So wherever you are right now, stop. Don't go over God. Don't bypass God. Don't skip God. Don't go down, but it's time to go up. And I'm going to pray for you in a moment. I, I know that there's worry, there's panic, there's anxiety. You, you, you could be in the hospital room uh, watching me right now. Uh, you, you, you could be thinking, man, I, I've just you know, stuck my credit card in and it was spewed out saying insufficient funds. It, whatever situation that you find yourself in, I'm here to tell you to stop worrying because your breakthrough is already happening. You have already entered this breakthrough because you are a covenant believer. By stop worrying, what we're saying is, God, I'm going to trust you. Everything around me. It was so incredible when when Elijah said to the woman, I want you to do something that you normally wouldn't do. I, I want you to do something that doesn't make sense, that is not illogical. And he says, I want you to trust God and I want you to go and bake. I want you to stop worrying and trust God because God is going to come through for you. Let's pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just come to you right now and father god i just lift up every person listening father in the name of jesus father the covenant of god the reality of god the covenant that jesus made with us at the cross all the all the blessings of abraham that came onto us father i just thank you that there is faith in us Father, active faith, real faith, God faith in us. Father, that is not only going to be sustainable in, fa- um, in famine, but Father God is going to be grow. It's going to grow. It's going to grow. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Father, we just stop the spirit of famine. Father, we just stop being dragged down to lower thinking. Father God, to natural thinking, but to our thinking like you. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I declare healing in place. Father, I declare healing on people's lives. I declare financial breakthrough in people's lives. Father, I declare peace instead of worry. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, what our faith does in the middle of all of this, we say, God, you will sustain me. You will grow me. You will protect me. You will look after me and my household. And Father, and all of my goods. So Father, right now, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, be blessed because of the covenant of God that is on your life. By faith, I receive this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You might be listening to us right now and you go, wow, I'd love a God like that. Man, Ted, this is the God you're talking about. I, I, I've, I've, I've had, I've experienced the religiousness, but I've never experienced God. You know, what the Bible says, if you will believe, in your heart, that Jesus died and rose again from the dead you will be saved. And so all you need to do today is just go, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. So if you've never done that today, I I know if if you would just pray with me. And the Bible says, if you believe, you will receive. Just pray this prayer. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me. He took all my sin and all my disease. And right now, I accept him as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he also rose from the dead for me. And I believe because I have confessed him as my Lord and Savior, I am now a child of God and I have entered into this powerful covenant. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you've prayed that prayer, uh, there's going to be a link um, coming up on your screen. You can get in contact with us. We'd love We'd love to be in contact with you. We have also a gift for you. We'd love to pray for you. If you have any questions, please do that. Hey, tune in next week where we're going to be talking about the famine-breaking word. It's a word of God that is absolutely amazing. So next week, we're just going to go more and more because I believe that God wants to experience, like He did in verses 12 and 13, that He prospered and became wealthy and kept and everything kept increasing in love in in famine. Hey, God bless you. I look forward to seeing you soon.